This is Season 3 of Views of the Bridge, a podcast about your Philadelphia Union. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network. You can find all things BGN at BGN.FM. Let's get right to it. Looks like he's lining up for a shot. Jacob Glesnitz is going for it. Is. Oh, my oh. God! Gattis, Ray with options, will cross us in, and it's back home by Casper Shabenga. What a slide tackle by Jack Elliott. Back to that shutout for Andre Blake. Fontana will give it a strike. Anthony Fontana has the go-ahead goal! One of the best teams across the league. But my word, Jim Curtin has pushed all the right buttons in 2020. And nobody will be able to take away the trophy from Jim Curtin and the Philadelphia Union. This is a five for five city. Put some respect on our name. Let's go, dude. Good things happen in Philadelphia. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Views from the Bridge, uh, mostly sleeveless edition. I'm really sorry that people can't see this. Um, or maybe I'm really glad that people can't see it. I think I'm really glad that people can't yeah, see it. Yeah, me and Evan just decided to put on mm. black sleeveless shirts. And it's tank top we're season all right just sh- We're showing off our left shoulder tattoos as we record. Like, uh, Yeah, I mean, you're seeing more of my right than anything. Anyway. <laughs> Terrible. Tangent aside. <laughs> this is why we're your second favorite, second favorite. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Behind the other one. <laughs> behind, uh, I don't know, one that gets to the point um at this point uh i'm here you just heard i'm paul Coutinho juniors here the person that we are subjecting to our bare very very white shoulders and it doesn't help that i'm fine white background it's justin ashcraft who is uh modest today yeah got the still got the hoodie on thank goodness and you know what no your white hoodie today. still manages to be more uh I, less pale than paul and i both i think well yeah probably yeah I do work from home, so the sun only hits me right here at this window. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I to be fair, I did go for a walk earlier today, and it's like 30. Mm, to be fair. It's a little cold. For... Um, hey, and I, I know what people are thinking. And yes, we are going to give Paul a platform to say whatever he wants really about um recently retired one club man uh uh and an an incredible human being ray gaddis who was uh just earlier today although apparently last week uh retired um so paul i know people have probably been asking all day about this um and you have been kind enough to not be terrible so far I didn't know if you were saving it for now or, or what, but I'll I'll stop talking and you can have the floor, my friend. Well, I mean, I was never going to be rude because, sure. I mean, I don't know. I, I thought I had a couple more years to prepare for this moment. I I was in the opening stages of writing, like, you know, a stage production, like okay, the journey well. of Ray Gaddis, maybe, like, you know, just... I, it, there's so much there's so many things I won't get to do now mm. he's gone and I feel yeah uh, Ricky was right man I feel my brand slipping away from me I now have to find another irrational person to hate on this team I'm kidding I don't hate you Ray I don't I will always remember you for this okay no one worked harder than you and no one survived more overhaul 
in yes. <laughs> like coaching and yes. technical staffs and expansion drafts. No one survived longer on a team than you did, mm. Ray. Like, just, I mean, it speaks volumes if a lot of people yes. think you can do the job well and on both sides of the field. Hey, power to you. You, you don't need a goal for your career to be a success in anyone's mm. eyes. Mm-hmm. Certainly not mine, but Apparently. to go out a champion yep. to that, that's warranted. That's warranted. And that's earned for him. I would say that for very, you know, a, a lot of teams, you, you see guys hold up the trophy and it's like, yeah, they helped. Ray helped. Ray helped a lot. He was very good in 2020. I will say that. I think last year I had the most good things to say about Ray, which is why this is such a surprise. Um, clearly, he sees a future for himself now that if he takes an opportunity, this is it for him. He can really go forward and do exactly what he needs to do. It's so funny that we were just talking to Zach Pfeffer weeks ago who decided to walk away from the game at a very young age. And I would say Ray's not over the hill by any means. He, I mean, at a standard of competitive play, he never reached the top of the hill. He was always just, you know, struggling against the flow of play and how MLS evolved over the years. Yet he still found a starting spot in a supporter shield champion team. And he's going out as a boss, really. So I have n- I have nothing but good to say from here on out. Uh, great dude. Well, I really, mean, um, really came close a few times last year to scoring. And yeah. everyone had every right to just, hey, hey your heart beating a little bit fast yeah. there. And I was like, you know what? It was. It was. There were moments that you had me. But. Listen, when you're right, you're right. Uh, Ray Gaddis did not score a goal in his entire career. Um, I, I held my ground. I got to say, I'm not proud of myself, but um, did I just okay. say that? Okay. You did. You did. I, and I, uh, and I, and <laughs> I didn't finish it. You, um, you made it sound like that wasn't just about the Ray Gaddis thing. That kind of felt like a general statement. And I just, I just want to make sure you're okay. I'm totally fine. <laughs> no, today was a shock for me. Today was yeah, really sure. like, what? Are you kidding yeah. me? We didn't gain a play. You're telling me in the time that we're supposed to be breaking news about signings, mm. our starting right back's gone now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and and just I just so mm-hmm. happened to have a emotional attachment in some way shape or form to said player so this to, this is a tough day to to one of paul's many points i think that like there's not many guys that last nine years in mls period but let alone like the one club thing in in world soccer even is like not anything that exists anymore it's like he was able to advance enough at so many different stages in his career where people called for his head numerous times, (laughs) like get off this team. And you can't say that you weren't out there. I'm not sitting here going, it was all me. You you people sure did that. You did that too. But like still last season is so validating for his career because he was sturdy one-on-one. He was good. He, did not cost this team. I mean, 
you, you can't think of a player that really cost this team anything because they lifted their first trophy last year. Like there's no one to blame for last season that I can remember in recent memory. And that was something that I thought Ray Gaddis would potentially be. It would be the thing that held this team back roster wise. Cause when you looked across the board at the 2020 roster, you said the weakest spot on this team is that they can't have that whole line hold at a certain place and be able to track back effectively on the one side because Ray always liked to get caught up the field. Still won the championship. Still won. It's, it's vindicating. If I could play that vindicated song right now without getting sued, I would. I would play it for him and then I would play it for me for standing my ground all these years and saying that Ray Gaddis did not score a goal in his MLS career. Everyone said they'd riot when it happened. I hope they give Ray a platform to like take a cool penalty kick when they put him in the ring of honor, just so everyone can like watch the ball go in the net off his foot. That would be like him scoring in training. We know it doesn't really count. Yeah, but like in front of all the fans, I think that's been the whole thing is that the fans have always wanted to see Ray put the ball in the back of the net and have him do a a celebration. I wouldn't be mad at that. Not at all. I would, however, be a little upset if he's the next Ring of Honor guy, if they Uh... don't have clear criteria as to what the Ring of Honor entails. Has he earned it? Yes. For service alone? Uh, Justin, has he, has he earned it? I mean, to me, like, I mean, I think. Because this it, sets the bar for the Ring of Honor from here on out. Yeah, if you yeah, add yeah. a guy like Latou, who, sti- no, who statistically has earned a spot in anyone's Ring of Honor that he's played for, but clearly the unions, of course. <laughs> if you set the bar with Gaddis now, you're saying that service and minutes and appearances, things like that, if you stay here a long time, we, we love you and we will remember you forever on this very exclusive thing that everyone can see right below the scoreboard. Did Ray Gaddis earn that in his union I, career? I mean, here's the thing for me, and I think why I think he earned it based on, you know, like, I mean, minutes and service are one thing, but I mean, the dude played. The dude played in 221 union games over the years, and of those 221 that he played, he started 211 of them. Like, really so these good. are not these are not like 15 minute cameos at the end of the game when he was a young player. And that's what I think. A lot of union fans. I mean, I think we've seen this team advance. We've seen this team get better. We've seen the players who have come through this team and 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 been incredible. You know, over the last three to three to five years. The, the, the reality is, like, when you think back six, seven, eight years, Ray Ray did whatever the team asked him to do. I mean, whether he was starting right back, starting left back, you know, they they finally, you know, Shane and Williams moves on, and they're, oh, Ray's going to finally get to move over to right back, and then they go and draft Keegan Rosenberry. And so then he goes back to left back for a while, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I mean, I think it's it's this thing of, like, he he did he did whatever the team asked him to do and he did it well and i think the other thing for me is not even just the on-field stuff but it's the off-field stuff and i sure when a guy contributes as much as he did off the field for your club being being a representative for your club um you know getting involved with 
you know, the black players for change and, and helping with that whole movement, um, you know, last season and, and all of that. I mean, I think you're looking at, you're looking at someone who has not only been a good on field presence for your team and has been able to contribute, but he, he, he genuinely makes the union brand better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's not many players like there are players who are good soccer players, but who off the field just disappear and who just don't really contribute. Um, you know, just they're great soccer players and we love that they're there, but off the field, they're just not there. And I think that that's like the exact opposite of what, what, what Ray does, you know, that he is on the field. He's there, but off the field, he's there just as much. And he just, he makes the union brand better. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just don't know that there's, you know, yes, you're setting a bar and yes, the, then there's arguments to come down the road if someone stays for nine years and plays, you know, in all these games, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But that just doesn't happen anymore. And that's right. what I think, like, that's what makes Ray special. And if you put him in, I, I think you're setting a bar, but for most players in today's day and age, it's an unattainable bar. It's not a bar that they're going to get to. Um, yeah. You know, they're going to have to contribute in three or four years with the club, not yep. nine years. Um, yeah, Justin, I think that's interesting. So, so I, I do not think, and I, I, Paul and Justin and I have been very privileged to have at least met or said hello to a lot of professional soccer players in our time at, at various levels of the, of the game and things like that. And, and I don't say that to, to hype us up, but I say that because there is only three of those people that I think we've, that I've ever come across that I'm like, that is someone who is genuinely a very, very humble and very nice and very kind person. And I don't think I would run into anybody that has a bad word to say about that person as a human being. And I think Ray Gattis is at the top of that list because even some of those other players that I, that I think that we would have encountered that we really enjoyed the company or conversations with other people for better or worse, could, could pick them apart in some avenue. And I, I really, really think someone would have a very hard time doing that, regardless of if they thought he was a good player or the best player or someone that deserved to be on the field. As a person and for the, the uh, ambassadorship for the club and for if we had more people that were like that human being in this team, we'd be phenomenal. And I think, like Justin said, just for the off-field stuff alone, I think he's in the ring of honor. Um, and then to your point about the on-field stuff, MLS does not exist in its current state to have players in it for nine years. If you have a player, yeah. and if you are an MLS team and you have a player in your club for nine years right now, you are labeled a failure. Unless you're like Diego Valeri or Demarcus Beasley, who even went to Europe. But those then, are two ring of honor guys right there. Well, but like that's for their respective gloves. They, <laughs> they were there for a long time. They're wonderful people by all accounts. I haven't met either of those two. And the talent was there. Well, but Valeri well. plays a role where you're expecting him to score 20 goals a year or whatever. Ray Gattis plays fucking fullback. No one. Yeah, the, and, the, and the to stay at home one at that. But the stuff that he puts up with the 200 level appearances or, or 221 appearances, 211 starts, like all these minutes, this, that, and the third, like those are not like goals for MLS players right now. 
I, the goal for an MLS player is you play here for two years and you springboard to Europe. Yeah. That's the MLS is yeah. designed right now. And there's something very romantic and something very old school and something very unique about what Ray Gattis did on the field as far as just lasting as someone who at least you would go, okay, well, it's not going to be a dumpster fire at right or left <laughs> for nine years. For nine years, not not a not a absolute. We've seen some terrible. What we talked about recently, some terrible fullbacks on this team, and Ray Gat has never reached that level. Shout out um, to my guy David Myrie. So, yeah, one, so, one like, union oh, I, I, I get it. Like he doesn't have the 100 goals or 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 30 assists or I, I don't know. He didn't like rescue 20 orphaned turtles off of the Delaware, but like. That's exactly why Latou's in there, you know. Right? right, right, for the Turtles. Yeah, and and Latou also would not be in the Whitecaps or the Red Bulls Ring of Honor. Oh, I, okay, I'm just saying, yeah. I'm saying in regards to his pedigree <laughs> in MLS. But, but I think <laughs> there, there definitely is a bar to set, and I, I think defensively, this was really the only person that's, that is going to set the bar. It's it's not going to be McKenzie because he wasn't here long enough. Maybe yes. it would be Elliot, but he's going to stay until he's probably 29 at this point or whatever. But I think if you look at over union history after, you know, a decade plus at the club, the only defender that you can really put in here is the guy that's been there for nine years. And that I think any other front office exec, if you said you have a right back for nine years starting in 2012, and they're going to be at the very least okay nine years later, they'd all take that in heartbeat. Sure. Yes. The other thing that I love about Gaddis's career is is the fact that there there was not a red card. And like <laughs> you I consider, that, like I consider that a hindrance. So there, I need uh, to see my man go wild. I am so sorry. I love you. And they'd be like, you can't card him for that rough. He's so <laughs> I I just looked I actually just pulled up the list because somebody tweeted out earlier today. Of the players who have more minutes in MLS without a red card. Oh my god! And there are three. There are three defenders above Ray Gattis. Okay. AJ De La Garza. Yes. Sean Franklin. And Todd Dunavant. Wow. <laughs> and wow. so, I mean, I look at that like, and every other player above him is either a forward or, or a midfielder. No. You know, other guys, other guys that are on this list, Dax McCarty, Brian Carroll, mm. Donovan, Kobe Jones, Darlington Nagby, Justin wow. Knapp, Edson Buttle, like, and Sebastian Latou happens to be a hundred minutes ahead of Ray Gattis and mm. still doesn't have a red card. Mm. Um, I think, I think even just looking at that list in its, I mean, that list to me is like, those are, those are players who are legends of MLS and, and they didn't stay with one club. You know, a lot of them didn't stay with one club the whole time and so i i just think like yeah i mean i i think it would be a shame if if it's not the ring of honor i i think it would be a shame if the union don't find a way to to honor goddess into the into the long term you know and i think like i mean that's what you you have to you have to honor a player like that who who has spent time this much time with the club and like the other thing is it's nine years and it's not nine years bouncing between the first mm. team and union two it's not five years with union two and then four years of first team play this was nine years of first team play 
And so, I mean, I, I just, I, I kind of just look at all of that and I say, if it's not the ring of honor, which I understand, I mean, I understand ring of honors and, and these things that random clubs do around the world and, and, and in other U S sports, like you've got to have a standard for your ring of honor. And I understand that, but like to, to not find a way to honor this guy as, as what he's brought to the club over the last nine years, I think would be a shame. Well, here's, here's where that boils down to is that the union's ring of honor is already in limbo because Sebastian Latou was not by any means a world beater. Mm -hmm. You know, he was not, you know, the MLS MVP ever at the Philadelphia union. He was like, he was not an absolute dynamo of a guy. Like he scored consistently and he brought a lot of really good moments to the union now he's the first guy in the ring of honor so now you're already in the middle of do they have to be like god tier for a season is right. that what warrants ring of honor does it have to be how long you've been here because right now like latou falls in the middle of that and that's where the philadelphia union's ring of honor is flawed because like you said evan this whole league is now set up to a point where the really, really good players that are going to be in Philadelphia aren't going to last more than like two or three seasons. Mm -hmm. They're going to be gone by that time. And at that point is when you have to start being nitpicky because if a guy's super, super, really, really good for like a season and a half, and then he's getting sent over to Europe, it's like, well, we don't win as much without this guy in this one season. That's a really important season. Does he get in the ring of honor? Now it becomes something that the ring of honor almost has to be for longevity and service and stuff like that because of where the union find themselves in the MLS landscape. You're not going to have anyone that's going to chill here for half a decade anymore. I mean, you're, you're approaching Bedoya territory. You can, I can Mm. look at a ring of honor that goes Ali Bedoya, Ray Gaddis, Sebastian Latou, and immediately identify three things that those players have done for the club right in integral in building the foundation of this club and that's just where the union's ring of honor is at it's never going to be like tranquillo barnetta had like two awesome seasons so he's going to get thrown up there or you know what if brendan aronson goes on to like make a move to the premier league and he's suddenly like a god in the premier league but we fostered his talent and grew him here does he get in the ring of honor going to be like Hey, look, it's Brendan Aronson's like $15 million sell-on fee. Yeah, like, like isn't it really cool that we got that money? Should right. we put his name up there too? So I, I think Paul, I think you're right. I think I think because like so, so that, that where I'm at is yes, I think he does get in the ring of honor, but it's because the union's ring of honor is like is limbo. You can throw anyone up there yeah. and someone will be able to make an argument for oh, that and, person. And it's, you don't have the the built-in timbers like Seattle Sounders, like we've been around technically since the 70s. We yeah. know what this is now, kind of like thing. This is a young team that has very recently encountered some success. Mm-hmm. And it'll be... I don't necessarily want that recently encountered some success to skew what building out that like these names are on our stadium because they were important to the club as a whole in the early days 
thing that they're going with here. If that's like, what the Ring like, of Honor is, like, it yes. is undoubtedly his place. Man, you know what? Brendan Aronson was really important, and Anthony Fontana has been very important, and and who knows? Selby Misich could be could be really important. But at that point, like, I, I don't know. Do you give like Tommy Wilson a spot in the Ring of Honor because he was the guy that like was pulling all the like? Does Richie Graham get in the Ring of Honor because he was the guy that bought YSC? Like, it's this weird like. I don't want it's limbo, like, bro. I, yeah, like, I don't. Who <laughs> goes up there? And it's I, and people lose sleep over this. I have watched too many conversations on Twitter today yeah. about like the audacity of trying to make an argument for someone in the Ring of Honor when, in theory, they could be very worthy of the Ring of Honor by some subjective standard that user two nine four six dupe guy sets forward. <laughs> like, it's just like the union as a club, they don't have that integrated history. Like Latou is a foundational piece because anyone who's a fan of this team right now knows of Sebastian Latou. This becomes a longevity thing in regards to foundational pieces of the club and who was integral in laying that foundation. If you have a guy that scores 25 goals and wins you an MLS cup, you know, that's like you get thrown up there next year. <laughs> it's it, it yeah, becomes that whole, level of if you reach that next level of success, then that's almost yeah. an automatic bit at that point. Because if Ray Gaddis deserves a spot up there, player number Y, or mm-hmm. player, uh, no, I'm like not that. even going to try no, to yep. say no, like myself. Yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Paul doesn't know English. No, this player right. right here has surpassed him in every way possible in results mm-hmm. to output and immediate results that result in this club taking another step yeah it could be done in a season you could make the ring of honor in the philadelphia union in a season if you so put your mind to it but i think with the homegrowns i think they have a homegrown like wall of fame Mm. i think that's a thing that they do because they love painting that stadium they love adding new things and i think (laughs) They do. They, they do. do. They do. They do. Yeah. So, like, why not? You have a whole area for like all the youth clubs that you support. You might yeah. as well build yourself a wall and keep adding to that mural. The more guys that you're going to sell over to Europe, and the more guys that you're going to produce in this pipeline, that are going to make meaningful moments for this team. Yeah. And I think you can be very open with that. Homegrowns. If you designate a homegrown area, like these are our kids we produced you can add a lot of those names to that list but the ring of honor is like it's it's tough it it's not i mean to me yeah i mean to me it's a little bit simpler i mean i think it's up to the club to decide who's in the ring of honor and they can Mm -hmm. give any justification for what that is you know we can we can sit here and argue all day about what the justification should be for whether a player but i want to do that I know, I know we want to do that. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> That's our whole point as a podcast is to sit yep. here and argue what the union are doing. But I'm just saying that at the end of the day, the union can decide who go in the ring of honor and then they can give any justification for that that they want. Okay. And I think that the reality is my, my point still, I mean, my point in this whole conversation still remains the same. If it's not the ring of honor, the union need to find a way to honor Gaddis. And like, yeah. I don't know if that's, you know, section 28 some you know like i think i have it i think i have it they should name a wing of the ysc academy after him no i don't care 
He's still a, he's still, he's, no, 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 just hear me out. No, he is a man of education and he will go on to do further things. And if he contributes somehow to the academy down the line, I think that would be the perfect place for him because he is a book man. And I think that would be good. Unless the union build a library and then just name it after him. Okay. Uh, Justin, I can't believe you guys aren't on board with this. Justin, anything else? Well, we did have some. Uh, we did have some coaching changes. Sure. Uh, That's really we, exciting. I know we have a coach for a two team that doesn't play. Yeah, so guys. Yes, but will apparently. I, I. This is very strange. It was very nice of them to announce that and be like, "Great, where's the league they play?" And then, and then the, the next day, Jim and the press conference had to be like, "Yeah, they're gonna play like." double-digit games this year. So there's a plan here. It's just that no one knows what it is. And, like, I listen, Marlon LeBlanc, really good dude. Seems to really have his head on straight. Apparently a very nice guy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's um, he's the head coach of something resembling Philadelphia Union, too. Um, I... I, we don't know where they'll play or what they'll play or who they'll play or or how they'll play. Um, but apparently they'll play. So that's I'm nice. They have a plan in place. Yeah. Because they've I mean, got a lot of kids they? that they well, need to start and, producing. And I mean, I guess they've been they've been scrimmaging some of the local, uh, like your, your usual local suspects, I'm sure everybody knows. But like Lone Star, I think, and like Westchester United have played them. And yeah. I, I, they always play uh, FC Motown, uh, Celtic from Jersey. That's still what they're called. That's just what I remember them by. Um, uh, so they're like playing friendlies and, and, and like it's nice. And it's always been really cool to get that like NPSL, USL League 2, I guess now like vibe and some of those older guys and some of those more seasoned players to play against like the United teams essentially. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if this is a part of the uh, NXT takeover with Triple H or if there's some sort of weird like holdover league or like a bunch of fundies they're going to do um, in the meantime. And I think to steal a line that Chuck said last night in our group chat, uh, if you have these guys play Sunday night after the first team and just say, hey, if you, <clears throat> this is post pandemic world or thereabout, if you bought a ticket to the union game and you want to hang out and have another drink and watch these kids play soccer, Go for it. We'll leave. We'll leave. You can oh, say. You expend that moratorium period for beers at the Union Stadium. You'll get yeah. people it's like, I uh, wasn't yes. going to yeah. drive home but, anyway. Um, no, but I, but I mean, if, if you want to have people say, hey, like, you can stay, watch these kids. Like, it's not going to be the best soccer you've ever witnessed. The pitch is going to be a little janky because someone just played on it for 90 minutes. But, like, here you go. Um, it like, allows you the free opportunity to say you were there for the next yeah, wave and, of and talent. I, I think it's also in a weird way like good for development because those kids get used to at least ambient voice that's real. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. We have no idea what it's going to be. I, I think they're in good hands, obviously, because it's the academy-based kind of stuff. But it's just really strange that they put out that announcement before they had like concrete direction or plans on what the hell this team was going to be. Uh, well, you also, on the counter, it's if they announce the league and it's like, great, the U2 doesn't even have a freaking coach. <laughs> it's like, well, well now, we, now we do. Oh, you're going to announce that after the fact. Oh, 
Hey, well, the other, People I mean, the, the other coaching change that I like or that I am sort of excited about is this Frank liked guy who is joining from. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Kazakhstan Premier League side FC Karath. I don't know how you say that, but whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, oh, very nice. For years, uh, for years, he has been in the Bundesliga and other systems. So he's in the Frankfurt system. He's in the Red Bull Leipzig system. Mm. Um, you know, uh, in 2004, won the German championship with the Stuttgart's U17s and then was twice uh, in 2013 and 14. Uh, one with the U17s and U19s. Obviously, this is a guy who seems to be on the same wavelength as the union in developing young players. Um, and so I like to see that, that they, they were, were seemingly creating a consistency across the board of, hey, we this is what we do. We take young players and we develop them to be good players. And it seems like that's what the history of this guy is anyway. Uh, so I think I like the move. And that seems to be the wet cement in the union legacy right now is creating an immediate, if you get here and you're a young kid, boy, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Well, and they just signed those two kids from wherever that was. I must talk about these boys, Mateo and Marco Zambrano. Now, obviously, it's hard to rate someone who's going to be playing the U13. Mateo's yeah, got a good I was going to say, ways, especially you know. rating like a U13, that's good. Yeah. If you want to try to do that, by all means. Marco Zambrano from Ecuador. My God, dude. Like, when you look at the Union Pipeline, you're like, we, we don't really have, like, a striker. Like, a, a real number nine that's coming through. And it's just right. like, this kid looks like a world beater. Mm guys marco sambrano looks like it left foot right foot head craves he the big moment yep. Yep. he can use all three of those uh, things uh, okay. and he craves game-changing moments like he like put the ball at my feet and i will do it yeah and if he oh, i see the intangibles that he has if there's a physicality that develops in mm. any semblance of a hold-up play he's next he's next coming i mean he's not going to be like next next like clearly the union are going to make like four promotions in the time that this kid gets to really like get those meaningful stats in you too but we only only have like four 16 year olds who are signed to the roster yeah when i say he's next it's like it's the next one you're gonna look at and go wow that kid might be able to start like once he puts on a uniform we have four 16-year-olds who all, all have perfect handwriting, apparently. <laughs> oh, I, I'm really mad that I never... The rating. That's so good. Yeah. I write on a chalkboard with perfect oh, loopy man. handwriting. Listen, I, <laughs> I am just glad that the Zambrano kids apparently in Ecuador learned how to write cursive so they could sign things officially. Yes, yes. So that was, that was like, if they're going to pan out now, we can actually have like honest to God autographs for these kids instead of just like, Oh yeah, that's a B and an A. So clearly that's, you know, (laughs) anyway. It's better than Pax who just writes Pax. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, Oh, there's going to be a lot of forgery instances. What the hell? I love reruns of Supermarket Sweep from the 90s on PAX. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks there, bud. Um, it's sad because he's too young to even know what that is. 
We should, get it. we should get out of here. Let we should get out of here. Let's All right, Let's before we get out of here, I believe that we need to open some fortune cookies. Oh, it's the that's year of right. I health. forgot. That's this, right. is this is now year. an ASMR podcast uh, with Leroy Paul Katrina. Stop doing I actually have some cookies here from uh, Tokyo Blue. Go. Uh, we get yeah. closer to the night. I, here. My favorite part about your bits, Paul, is that they're always so well thought out and not time consuming. Not at all. All right. Oh. So, um, <laughs> Justin, the best thing you can do yeah. is get good at being you. Wow. 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 Just, just God tier stuff you're getting here, guys. Evan. Yeah. The really great man is the man who makes everyone feel great. Well, that's, you know, I can't think of a better way to end a podcast than that. I don't think so either. And uh, mine is the opposite of fear is love. Well, <laughs> I am just so afraid now. Uh, well, take those to heart and uh, keep your mental health in mind, people. We got a yeah. long year ahead of us. Sure, I'm sure. going to turn off this non-royalty Zen music now that I listen to while taking a poop. Oh, All right, Justin, thank you for putting up with us. Um, Oh, you're welcome. I felt like someone had to say it. Uh, anyway, for uh, for Paul and Justin and and myself, um, Chuck will be here soon. We'll talk to you guys at some point later. We're going to do a Concacaf thing at some point. I don't know when. Yes, we'll be start. speaking with uh, John Arnold. Uh, if you haven't signed up for his uh, Get Concacaf newsletter Please. yet, it is comprehensive. It is easy to read. It's fun to read because he's yeah. not a boring writer. Always he's helps. actually really good at this. Yeah, so we'll talk to John soon. Uh, we'll get you ready for your CONCACAF primer or your Champions League primer, and that'll be interesting for sure. Um, but until then, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys at some point. But uh, hey, thanks, Ray. We'll, we'll thanks, Ray. Later. Great career, bud. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for listening to Season 3 of Use in the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at VFTBpod. Thanks to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We are also sponsored by Robbie over at Icarus FC. Icarus will make the custom kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Get started at IcarusFC.com. Do you enjoy the show and want to support us? There are two ways. You can head to Design Tree at dsgntree.com slash vftv for our latest merch, or you can just buy us a coffee or beer at ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash vftvpod. Thanks for your listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. Head over there to find all kinds of soccer writing, podcasts, and other content. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Katrino. I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.